welcome to another episode of Lock On Lightning, part of the Lock On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Baker. How's everybody doing today? It's Friday, end of a long work week for some, uh, end of another long week of quarantine for others. Well, don't worry, no need to fear. We're back here, back at it again to discuss some hockey as well as some lightning hockey as well. So I hope everybody's having a good week. And as always, I just want to thank all the essential healthcare workers that are out there each and every day, guiding us through this ongoing pandemic and making our lives a lot better. And we cannot owe enough to these people. So thank you to all. So if anybody was paying attention to the news the last couple of days, uh, I'm sure a lot of hockey fans know by now that Wayne Gretzky and Alexander Ovechkin have agreed to play each other in NHL 20, which I was surprised to hear, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't think so, so much as into much of about it with Ovi, just because I know he, uh, he plays NHL every now and then, but the great one playing, uh, video games. Hey, if, if he's as any good at, at playing video games as he was playing hockey, this is going to be a really cool, um, event to watch. It's going to be for charity, of course. And I believe it takes place on April 22nd, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to try and put money on it, uh, try and gamble in some way, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. I don't care. I, I would too. <laughs> uh, but I wonder who everybody's picks are. I'm going to have to say, you know, if, if you're going to just go with people who are just naturally good at everything, I guess I'm going to have to put my hat in Gretz's corner for this one. But it also depends on what teams they play with. Uh, you know, if they're allowed to play with, you know, the all-time teams, I I would have to assume that Wayne Gretzky is going to be playing with the Edmonton Oilers, where Ovi, of course, will be playing with the all-time greats from the Washington Capitals. And if you just look at those two teams, of course, uh, on paper, you know, you have I, – I don't – I haven't really checked. Um, I do play NHL 20, not as much as I have in, in a while, but I just from – off the top of my head, those all-time Oilers teams, I assume they have, um, you know, they obviously have Gretzky, they have Messier, they have a lot of the guys from those championship teams, Paul Coffey, uh, you know, just the name couple. And then the what, Capitals, I haven't, I've never played with their all-time team. I'm not entirely sure who would be on there. I would assume there would be Hopi, Ovi, of course, uh, Maybe John Carlson. Is John Carlson considered an all-time great Capitals player? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Adam Oates would be on there, just to name a few. I don't know if Yager would make the list. Uh, I would assume that he would probably be put on the Pittsburgh Penguins all-time team. I don't I don't know. I'm not really familiar with those rosters off the top of my head. I don't know if they would have the same player, depending on how good they were on multiple teams. Uh, if any of you NHL guys... Or gals out there that you know play the game often and know a lot more about this than I do, go ahead and, as always, reach out to us at the Locked On Lightning Podcast uh, Gmail account at lockedonlightning at gmail.com or tweet to us at lo underscore lightning on Twitter. Or just if you want to talk some crap or maybe reach out to me so maybe we could play some uh, NHL, go ahead and uh, reach out to me on Twitter at APDanker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter. So, yeah, that's I think that's a pretty cool uh, event, a little charity thing to do. I think it's going to be very uh, entertaining for a lot of the fans watching, especially the ones like us that are 
very hungry for some sort of competitive hockey to be played. Even though it's going to be video game, at least it's different. Like I stated on past episodes, uh, with a lot of the the simulated games going on, I'm not really a fan of it because yeah, I don't. It's one thing to watch a video game being played where you know have people playing like behind the scenes, but just to have two teams watch two teams uh, simulate it. Yeah, that's not. I don't find that really enjoyable. I'm sure a lot. Some people do, and that's fine. That's you know, it's just comes down to a matter of taste. So yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. Um, well, maybe we'll do a, a live episode, or maybe we'll do like a little recap after that takes place. Uh, we'll I'll fill you in on more details as we get closer to that. So yeah, um, another news. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk about. The league is still trying to work out all the kinks and put together the perfect plan for when the league will come back and when the season will resume and what, you know, they plan to do when everything, uh, you know, starts to get normalized and stuff. But, you know, we've already talked about that, spoken about that enough. Um, if you want to listen to what I prefer or what my dream plan would be when things come back, go ahead and check out some past episodes for the past couple of weeks. Uh, I spoke, I speak about it in pretty much uh, a lot of detail on numerous shows. So go ahead and check that out. Um, I feel like by now, a lot of lightning fans, locked on lightning fans are probably a little bit bored. Well, not bored, but you know, kind of tired of hearing about what these plans are going to be since, you know, we're not really getting uh, daily updates from the league about what exactly they're going to do. It seems like we're just getting bits and pieces here and there. And us as fans uh, and people who are waiting idly by are just trying to put the puzzle pieces together and trying to figure out what exactly the, the league wants to do. So we're gonna, that brings us on to our next topic. So the NHL released their top greatest, I believe it was called like the Super 16, greatest goalies of all time. And anybody who has listened to the show, and I'm sure a lot of you have, of course, it, and I'll just, you know, speak a little bit in detail for the new listeners that may be joining us all for the first time, is I love, the one thing I love to do is rank players. I always love to play the what-if game. You know, if you listen, if you're a regular listen listener of Lockdown Lightning, you already know that <clears throat> that uh, I love to play the what-if game. But, you know, I also like to rank players, and not only players from around the league, of course, but players from you know, all the decades in the NHL. So this is the list that the NHL released. I believe it was yesterday or the day after. So now I'm just going to go... One to six, one down, starting down, and then we'll go from there. So number one spot is Marty Brodeur, uh, which you know you could a lot of people could make the case for the next guy being in first, interchangeable with him. I mean, it depending on who who you like the most. Uh, I believe with these top three guys, even the top four, you can make a case for a lot of these guys switching positions in the top four. Um, so number two, Patrick Waugh. Number three, Dominic Hasek. Number four, Ken Dryden. Number five, Tony Esposito. And so that's that rounds out the top five. But I just want to take a couple of steps back. Now, if you haven't watched any... Now, the one thing that has kind of been keeping me sane throughout this whole non-hockey, non-sports kind of uh, period that we're having, uh, I really recommend going on YouTube and watching some of the NHL's top 100 players. 
videos, the, those packages that the NHL released a couple years ago to celebrate the uh, 100 years of the league and commemorate that. They, they had a list of who they thought were the top 100 greatest players in the history of the league. And so I really, if you're a big fan of goalies and you want to see, you know, obviously the one thing you have to keep in mind is that the game has changed very drastically from the time that Marty Brodeur ended and started his career, as well as from when guys like Tony Esposito and Ken Dryden began their and ended their career. So, you know, obviously a lot of things have happened since then. The way goalies play in the net, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the the way the pads are, everything. There's a lot of things that have changed since then. So, and that's the case with any sport. You know, when you try to compare players from past generations, uh, you know, you always got to take into account how how things were compared then to compare to how they are now. Uh, and that, and one great example is, you know, the comparison a lot of people like to make between in basketball with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. But, and my response would be like, well, they played different positions. They played the game very differently and they were two different players in terms of physicality. But anyway, that's for another episode, obviously. Um, so with the whole thing, why am I, why am I bringing this whole topic with the whole top five guys well i believe if you just look at numbers now the best way to kind of get a gauge on these these players and how good they were especially a guy like ken dryden who only played eight years in the nhl yet he's a hall of famer uh he's the top four greatest goalie of all time i believe he should be number one and why should i be number one and if you if you don't know who ken dryden is he is one of the legendary goalies in nhl history he played his entire career for the montreal canadians and I have a couple of his stats right in front of me, so I'll just read them off for you. Um, I believe he won. He he basically was a winner from day one. He only played five, uh, six regular season games. He went six and zero in that time. He only allowed nine goals. Um, and but the big thing is, is that I believe when the Canadians went to the playoffs that year, he they ended up winning the cup. And their goalie at the time, I can't think off the top of my head, but he was struggling. So the Canadians threw, or he got hurt. Canadians threw the rookie, Ken Dryden, in, and he ended up leading them to a cup as a rookie. He won the Consumite that year. And then he ended up winning the Calder the next year, and then the Vezina the year after. And just, he he's he had an incredible, incredible uh, career, even though it was so, so brief. Um, and then, you know, if you look at some of the awards he's won, let's just check out the awards. He won the Vezina five times. Uh, he won five, I believe, actually six Stanley Cups, uh, four in a row, five in a row, right? Five in a row, four in a row, one, two, three, four, four in a row. I'm, I'm having, my brain's not working today, people, so... You know how it is. If you, if you listen to Lock on Lightning, sometimes uh, my brain stops working in the middle of these shows. But we always get through, right? So, yeah, he was just an absolutely incredible player. And and he, you know, outside of hockey, he's done so much. He, um, off the ice, he, of course, he, of course, uh, wrote a book, um, uh, which is considered, in my opinion, if you haven't gotten a chance, if you want to have some hockey reading material while, you know, you have some downtime, definitely take his book um, and and go through it. It's absolutely good read. It. I've spoken to some really hardcore hockey fans, and they really said that this, if you want to really get a sense of, you know, hockey and really read the book on hockey, 
uh, read Ken Dryden's book. It's really, really impressive. It's a great read, definitely. Um, and uh, I've spoken, the, the many people I've spoken to that have read the book said that he's, it's one of those books where you could finish it in a day and a half. It's so good. So yeah, definitely check that out. So move, I think Ken Dryden, um, if you just go ahead and look at his stats, um, and the thing to keep in mind is that he was, for the brief time he was in the NHL, he absolutely dominated every year. And I think that when you look at these players, if you want to look at guys like Ken Dryden, who didn't really have a long career, like let's say a Patrick Waugh or a Marty Brodeur, if you look, if you take that small sample size, I mean, yeah, it's hard. If you want to take, if you want to compare Dryden to Hasek or Brodeur, Waugh, or even Antonius Vizito, I guess the best way you could do it is take eight of their best years each and compare that up against Dryden. Now, of course, Dryden play, didn't play as many games in terms of, you know, in net as these guys did. Um, even, um, I believe it was Grant Fior was an absolute workhorse. I believe he played 72 games one year, which was absolutely incredible. If you don't know Grant Fior, he was, Fior, he was the goalie of those Edmonton Oilers teams. And then he had, he suffered a, a bad, pretty nasty, uh, ACL injury. I believe it was his ACL. Um, and then a lot of people thought his career was over and then he came back and he set the record for most games played by a, a goalie in a season. So that just shows you how great of a, great of a player that he was. And I don't believe he was pulled from any of those games, which is even more incredible, you know, cause even though you could say, yeah, this goalie played a lot of games, you also got to look at how many times was he pulled. So yeah, let's go down, move on back onto the list. So five, Tony Esposito. Uh, six, Grant Fior, seven, Bernie Perrant, eight, Ed Belfour, nine, Billy Smith. Billy Smith, of course, was the goalie of those New York Islander dynasty teams. So check those out as well. Um, I haven't seen a lot of video on Billy Smith. Um, definitely going to check that out. I saw some stuff on him when I was watching stuff on Mike Bossy. Um, ten, Henrik Lundqvist, of course. Hank, you know, the the king in, for the Rangers. Uh, Lightning fans have seen a lot of Hank over the years, and we know how uh, frustrating it could be sometimes to play against Hank. He's kind of lost a step in recent years, but, I mean, overall, he's uh, he's had a pretty great career as a goalie, of course, and, uh, you know, maybe if the Rangers decide to do deal him eventually, maybe they could trade him to a team, um, preferably in the Western Conference where the Lightning wouldn't have – at least have to deal with him until maybe uh, a Stanley Cup Finals meeting. So let's see if maybe Hank could, because he's one of those players where, yeah, you, you, you don't like playing against him, but at the same time, you have to respect how good he is. And um, especially when they made that cup run, I believe it was 2015, 2014, when they played against the Kings. And, you know, they didn't have like a great, group of scorers they had just had a very good support a very good cast of players and hank really uh <clears throat> carried that team a lot more than none he really there was a lot of times where he put that team on his shoulders and really kept them in some big games and yeah so and lightning fans we know all about that one the lightning played uh the rangers in the playoffs a couple of years ago en route to the stanley cup finals where yeah uh they didn't, like I said, they don't have a lot of players that really used to set the world on fire in terms of scoring. There was often times where, luckily for the Lightning, uh, their top scorer, Rick Nash, kind of would disappear during playoff games, and that really helped the Lightning out. But it was still frustrating because on the other side of things, it would be 
ridiculously hard to score against Hank. So, yeah. Um, but he's still a great player, and maybe he'll he'll win a cup hopefully before he retires. So, and then there's Roberto Luongo at eleven, Mark Andre Fleury, of course, at twelve. Mark Andre Fleury, of course, has had a career resurgence since going to Vegas. A lot of people thought maybe he was washed up once he would leave Pittsburgh, and you know things would kind of end a year or two after Vegas. But of course, you know he can't. Uh, was a huge part of that Stanley Cup final team that unfortunately fell short to the Caps. So, and then there's Carey Price, 13, 14, Curtis Joseph, which was very interesting. Uh, 15, Rogi Vachon, who was a goalie for the Los Angeles Kings. Um, he is, I believe he was their goalie when they first came into existence back in the old days where I think it was the seventies or sixties, maybe it was the seventies where they were, uh, they were in the purple and yellow, the old school ones. And then rounding it out is 16, Tim Thomas. Now we all know how dominant, uh, of a tear, Tim Thomas went on when he was with Boston, of course, winning the Conn Smythe, becoming the fourth American to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. Uh, I wonder how many people could name the other three. Uh, if you guys want to write in and take a stab at the answers, uh, who are the other three American-born hockey players to win the Conn Smythe Trophy? Go ahead. Don't cheat. I could figure out right away which one of you are cheating. I have that skill. So, uh, yeah. Now, why am I bringing that up? Well, I think a lot of you know, if you listen to the show often, where I'm going to go with this. I try to remain uh, unbiased when it, become, when it comes to ranking players. Unfortunately, with goalies especially in today's NHL, when I try to put together these lists, I was trying to be unbiased. But at the same time, stats don't lie and recent performance doesn't lie either. And I'm just going to go off right off the bat and say that Andre Vasilevsky is the greatest goalie in the NHL. And I do really fully believe that give it maybe another 10, 15 years, um, actually probably 10, 10, 13, 14 years, uh, we'll put together, you'll be, the NHL will put together another super 16 goalie list. And I guarantee you Vasilevsky will be. Definitely, most definitely in the top 10 of those go that goalie list. Uh, maybe higher, who knows? It's really entirely up to him and how he performs from now until then. So, still very young, still got a whole career ahead of him. But I truly believe he has the skill set and the talent to absolutely end up in that top, in maybe that top 10, maybe top five list uh, when they do revise that eventually. But right now, we're going to do a little quick. Um, rank of some of the top goalies in the league we'll do 31 to 1 real quick and you know I'll, i'm going off if you want to follow along go on the hockeywriters.com nhl starting goalies ranked and basically i'm going to read their list and i'm going to discuss really fast on how i believe maybe that goalie should belong a little higher or maybe that's just right right where it is so starting at 31 of course since they're of, of course 31 teams in the NHL. So at 31 is Jimmy Howard from the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Jimmy's had a tough go of it the last couple of years. Uh, he seems like he's up and down. I've spoken into a lot of, you know, I know, ironic, it's very strange. I, Whenever I talk or I, I'm going through a certain topic with a certain team, I always, for some reason, come across myself knowing someone or just speaking to someone who was a fan of that team. And... Red Wing fans, they're very 
they're very 50-50 on Jimmy. Uh, some love him. Some just want him out of a Red Wings jersey or off the ice as soon as possible. But in recent years, I think Howard is on this list, if you're going to rank all of them, honestly. 31, I believe, is unfortunately a good spot for him. I'm um, not saying he's a bad, bad goalie. He's not a terrible goalie. But if you got to rank him up against the, the others, of course, you got to put him right there. So moving on to 30, Mar- uh, Martin Jones. Yeah, I got to put him there, too, just because especially San Jose this year has had terrible goaltending between Jones and Aaron Dell. So, I mean, yeah, you have to, you have to do Martin, Martin Jones has not impressed me um, this year. Uh, in, even though I've, I've watched very few sharks games, Craig Anderson, 29, Jonathan quick, 28. I believe quick is better than that. I believe he belongs way higher. Uh, you don't carry a team to two, any, uh, two Stanley cups and, you're the 28th ranked goalie. I believe, you know, unfortunately the Kings aren't that good, but I don't think that necessarily reflects on how, how good he is. I mean, I'm a big believer in stats, but at the same time, I believe that maybe he belongs a little higher. Uh, moving on to 27, Devon Dubnik. Yeah, I believe that's where it is. Peck, uh, and then Pecorine, he believe uh, 26, uh, I believe, He's a little higher than that. Obviously, he had an off year this year. Uh, he's not the same dominant player that you saw in years past, but, you know, everyone has a poor year every now and then. Braden Hopi, I believe he's higher than that. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, lower. Uh, he he hasn't really impressed me at all. Um, granted, his, he doesn't really have a good team around him right now. He is the kind of player that you could see if maybe you get some good defenders and, you know, some scoring. For him, he could he could maybe uh, jump up that list eventually. Twenty three, Hank uh, Henrik Lundqvist from the New York Rangers. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and say, uh, yeah, he he's that's this is a good good area for him in the twenties, twenty three, twenty four, around the twenty two mark as well. Um, maybe if he wins a cup, maybe he'll get boosted up a little bit. Miko Koskinen from the Edmonton Oilers. I haven't watched a lot of Miko this year, uh, so I'm gonna trust the writers in their decision to put him at 22, 21, Sergey Bobrovsky from Florida Panthers. Of course. Um, I think, I think just, you know, he's won two, he's won two Vezina trophies. Um, yeah, his stats aren't setting the world on fire. And he's not showing that he's his usual dominance, but I think he's a little higher than that. I think that he is the same kind of the same case with, uh, with, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood with, with Robovsky is that I believe that maybe if you put him on a better team, maybe if you put him on like like a Lightning uh, <laughs> or a uh, or an Edmonton, I could see him jumping up the list. Carey Price, I believe he's higher than that. Mark Andre Fleury at nineteen, I believe he's. I think he's a little higher than that. Uh, Carter Hart. I think he's a little higher. Flyers have been absolutely incredible with him, and uh, he's only 21 years old, which is absolutely insane. That the fact that teams that a guy like this is going to be in the Eastern Conference for the next maybe 10 to 15 years, and the Lightning are going to have to deal with this guy. So this this guy definitely gives me nightmares. Uh, Peter Morazic lower at 17, too high. Uh, Linus Allmark haven't seen a lot of Linus, so I'm going to trust the writers on this at 16. Uh, Philip Grubauer, I like Grubauer. Uh, unfortunately, he did get hurt in that Winter Classic game in Colorado. 
Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to switch him in for Pavel Francois, the backup who's been playing absolutely incredible for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I think Pavel with some more playing time, because if he, if they come back, whether it's this year or next year, I believe that if Pavel Francois gets the tip, if he gets the, the tap on the shoulder to be a starter, I think that he could be maybe top 10 eventually. He looks absolutely sensational in that. So keep an eye on him. If, if you're do, if you're a big fantasy hockey fan, definitely look out for um, Pavel Francois, especially with that good, good team around him in Colorado. That would definitely uh, be a good, uh, be a good addition to your fantasy team in the future. Jonas Corposalo from Columbus at 14. Uh, I like, uh, I don't know. He he's he was he's played very well until he uh, got hurt in December. But I like the other kid, Elvis Merzinklis. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Merzinklis, Merzinkins. I don't know. But uh, Elvis is another sensational player. I think when they come back, I think Elvis. When even if Corpusalo is healthy, I think Elvis is going to be the starter. Uh, Frederick Anderson, I believe, is a little higher. I don't understand why Toronto Maple Leaf fans are ready to give up on him. Uh, if you remember around the trade deadline, if you listen to some, I was listening to some shows and I was reading around the league, a lot of lightning, uh, lightning, a lot of Leafs fans wanted Alex Yorgiev from, from the Rangers instead of Frederick Anderson. I mean, I don't know why he's a very good goalie. Yeah. He struggles like every other team, but it's not always on, on the goalies. John Gibson at 12 from the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, he's a great goalie. I think he's top five in the league. Uh, and he's only in the 12 spot because the Ducks are atrocious right now. But if he has a good team around him, John Gibson's top five goalie in the league. Uh, Simeon Varlamov from New York Islanders. I actually saw him play in person this year. He's another great goalie. He's had a career resurgence. Um, you know, there was a time there maybe a couple of years ago where he kind of, kind of thought he was going to kind of disappear from the league, but he's had a resurgence. He's playing absolutely incredible. He, uh, I saw him play against the Rangers this year in New York and he, that high powered offense that the Rangers had, even though the Rangers did win that game, he was very impressive. He made a lot of incredible saves and just like Gibson and those other guys and Jonathan, uh, quick, I wouldn't put him in top five, but I think maybe move him up a stop, uh, a step to 10. But then again, the guy in 10 from the Calgary Flames, David Riddick, uh, he's playing great too. Um, I thought it was funny. I didn't really know a lot about David Riddick until the whole, I guess you could call it a little bit of controversy when he threw a stick up in the air after making a save during a, a uh, shootout to win it for the Flames. He's playing very well. I think that if the Flames make a deep playoff run, you could definitely move Riddick up. And Riddick has a good part big part in it. Definitely move Riddick up to maybe seven or eight. Uh, number nine, Jacob Markstrom. <sighs> I don't know. Vancouver is, they didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs. Uh, if you know, with those, what is it like 18 or so games left, but at the same time, I mean, he's got a young team around him. I think that maybe give it another, give it, give it another year. Or so maybe if they finish, First in their division, maybe you could give him a bump in the standings if he has a big part to do with it. Uh, number eight, Jordan Bennington from St. Louis Blues. Very young, led the team last year uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals and to raising the Cup next year, last year. Uh, maybe move him up a little bit, I would say to seven 
or eight or six. Uh, very good player. Tristan Jerry from the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's played very good. Uh, <clears throat> he's only started 23 games this year. Uh, I think move him down a little bit. Penguins are good, but I don't think I think it. I think the, their success more has to do with that good veteran uh, squad. And, you know, a lot of those players from their Stanley Cup team are still kind of there with the exception of a few players. So, yeah, I mean, he still has a lot to prove. So, move Tristan Derry down. Jerry down. Uh, Darcy Kemper, Arizona. Haven't hurt. I mean, he's played well, but I don't think he's really impressed me that much. Um, yeah, he's had, a, he's had some good stretches. And let's see how... The Coyotes fair in the playoffs with him. We'll see how he he plays uh, under the bright lights on national television in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll have to see. Connor Hallebuck, yeah. Uh, my only issue with Connor, I mean, I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a very good goalie. But uh, if you listen to my episode a couple of weeks back where I discussed the Vesna Trophy standings, I spoke how it looked like on a lot of some lists that writers list that Connor Hellebuck was a shoe in for the Vezina this year. And I went on this rant about how like, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. And I would challenge, and I still will hold my ground to that. I challenge anyone to make that case for me against Andre Vasilevsky. I believe that that just give him the Vezina trophy right now. Just don't wait. Don't wait till the season's over. Just give it to him now. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the league, period. Moving forth, Robin Leonard. Uh, I have to move him down. I need, Chicago Blackhawks to be better. I believe that. Granted, they don't. They have a young team. They're start. They're in the middle of a rebuild. But yeah, I think Robin Leonard needs to. I think it's not so much on him. I also taking team performance into account. And now this is where I have my issues. Um, top three, they list Andre Vasilevsky. I, I that's absolutely insane. I. And especially with Ben Bishop ahead of him? No. No, 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 no. Ben Bishop, if you want to put him in the top three, he's three. Basilisk, now here's the thing. So I, I'm, this is my unbiased opinion. Now, the number one goalie they have ranked here is Tuka Rask. Now, Rask is a great goalie. Stats-wise, he isn't setting it. He's He doesn't have the numbers that, I mean, yeah, they're similar, and you can make a case just by team record. Rask and Vasilevsky. Now, this is my own bias opinion. If you're ranking these goalies, you could give it to Rask, number one. I'd give it to Rask solely on how well the Bruins have played this year because it's not like David Pasternak is going out there and scoring five goals a game to, to put this team on his shoulders. Granted, he is having a great season. He's, at this point, I believe he's tied for the league league in goals with Ovi. So they'll, he'll probably be a joint winner of the Richard Trophy. But I believe that, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Tuca. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll do, you could, depending on how, depending on the week, you give it to Vasilevsky or Tuca. Uh, I'm going to be unbiased here. Uh, but you want my biased opinion? Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the league. Don't tell me otherwise. <laughs> but yeah, that's just how I feel about that. Um, and yeah, I'm curious what everybody else will think about that. I'm curious. Um, I will, I I think Vasilevsky should win the Vezina this year just because of how much of a crucial part he's played, um, especially with all the injuries that the Lightning have sustained this year. Whereas I just think the Bruins have a 
good group of players together with them. I mean, top to bottom, they're a very good team. Um, and they just keep getting better year by year. So that's just making the Lightning's uh, task of getting by them a little bit more difficult. But I have faith that especially with these two teams where in a playoff, um, you know, they'll they'll pro- possibly meet each other in the second round. And I could see the Lightning beating them in six or seven. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys had a great day. I hope you guys had fun listening to this. I know I did talking about it. So that's been it for Lock On Lightning, part of the Lock On Podcast Network. I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good weekend.